Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're talking about answering the question Is the piano lesson nearly over yet? Welcome back, lovely teachers. Today we're talking about a topic that might sound like an unusual one for an episode, but I think you will all be familiar with this situation. This is that time when a student asks you, how long is left in the lesson? Or what time is it? And the flip side of that is knowing yourself how long is left in the lesson and managing your own time. So let's talk about the student side first or our side of the student side, I guess. Have you ever been stung by this question? I know, especially when I was a little bit younger, a little bit newer to teaching, I never really took offense, but at the same time, I did a little bit. Have you ever? Student asks you, what time is it? And you thought we were both having so much fun, how could they possibly be thinking about the time right now? So if you've ever felt like that, or even if you haven't, I think it's really important to take the student's perspective, especially if you teach younger students. When I got into teaching preschoolers, I had to learn this um, lesson pretty quickly, which is that they have no idea how long time is. They have no perspective on time. So when they are asking you how long is left in the lesson, it's because they have literally no clue and they're trying to learn sort of subconsciously, they're asking that question because their brain is trying to absorb, how do I judge time? How does this work? How long does a piano lesson feel? They have no idea. And if you never had any idea what time it was, wouldn't you want to know? Wouldn't you want to ask someone, especially if you didn't have the ability to look at a clock and figure it out for yourself? This question being asked occasionally, I think is par for the course. And I think being asked more frequently by younger students and also neurodivergent students, I think is just something you should accept and embrace and be fine with. They just literally want to know how long is left and they've no way to figure it out for themselves. However, if you are getting this question with a sort of groan along with it, is the piano lesson nearly over or how long is left? If you're getting it as a grumble from a student, and especially if that's happening again and again, I think we need to look at why it is, because that does mean that they think it feels long. 
So why do they think it feels long? You need to unpack that and discover what it is for that particular student if they're asking you repeatedly. Maybe for that student, it's that the pacing is just not quite right. It could be that you're moving through things too slowly, like your pacing is more relaxed, maybe you're spending 10 minutes or so on each activity and dividing the lesson into longer chunks like that. So they're working on one piece for that whole time and then maybe working on scales for another 10 minutes and each chunk feels long to them. Maybe you need to divide it up more tightly, move quickly between different things and maybe rotate through different items as well. If you want a way to do this, you can take a listen to episode 267, which is where I talked about interleaved music teaching. That's one approach to splitting up your time differently. Maybe it's the opposite. For some students, if you keep chopping and changing between activities, and I would say especially students with ADHD or other neurodivergent students, they will often struggle actually with that quick changeover. And that will be so mentally taxing, the task switching that you're doing, the context switching, that's what makes it feel long. And some of them will actually do better with longer chunks of time on each activity. I think it's the common, one of the common pieces of advice that's given out for students with ADHD is, oh, well, they can't concentrate, so you need to have lots of activities planned. And that is true for some students with ADHD, but in my experience, it's about 50-50. Some of the students I've had with ADHD or ADD, as they used to be diagnosed, they actually struggle more when we switch too quickly. They need long chunks of time to be able to really get into an activity before they switch to the next one. And then they need more time to change over. They need a minute or so to get acclimated in the new activity. So be careful with different advice for different diagnoses, I guess is what I'm saying there, because it might not apply to everyone. Now, one more reason I think some students may find the lesson too long or be grumbling. Well, I'll give you two more. One is very short. It's that they don't want to be there. I'm sure we've had those students. And if they've really decided that they hate piano, you have a tough fight on your hands and you need to try and make friends with them. First and foremost, and I would put that before any teaching. So that's a different battle. But for some students, it's actually when they're scheduled. So for example, you may have a young student who comes to you at 6.30 and it's just too late for them. They're tired and that's why they keep asking how long is left because they're just too tired for this activity. They can't get through it with enthusiasm because they want to go to bed. They want to relax. Or maybe you have a student who it is earlier in the day but they've come to you straight from something else, straight from swimming or something else exhausting or school, if school is particularly tiring for them. If you have some kind of issue like that and you can't change their time, you could talk with the parents about whether there's something they could do to kind of re-energize that student before they come into the studio, or you could supply something to re-energize them. Literally giving them a glass of water at the start of the lesson, make sure they're not dehydrated, or a little snack if that's allowed, or if you can encourage the parents to do that, make sure they've been to the bathroom, all these things that if they're just putting off dealing with lots of things, they're itching to go, right? They're itching to get home where they can relax and be in their own space. So sometimes that question means nothing. I would say a lot of the time it means nothing. It just 
is exactly what's on the face of it. The student is asking you how long is left because they do not know and they want to know. But other times, especially when it's a repeated question or they're asking in a certain tone of voice, we need to clue into that and figure out why this lesson feels long to them. Now, the flip side of this is if you don't know. I recently, um, on podcast episode, I can't remember when I mentioned this, but I told the story of going into a student's house when I used to teach at students' homes without a watch, without a phone, without any way of telling the time in the room and just guessing when the lesson would be over, coming back out to my car and being exactly right. Like it was two minutes past the time I was supposed to finish the lesson when I arrived back in my car. So this isn't something I particularly struggle with. I feel like I usually know how long is left in the lesson. Not always. I'm not perfect. And this is just, I don't know whether it's an innate thing or something I've picked up, but I think some people struggle with this a lot more than others. If you are someone who really, the time just vanishes and suddenly you have no time left in the lesson and you haven't got to whatever you wanted to do that was super important to you, I have a few tips for you. So first of all, you can simply front load the lesson. If there's certain things you want to make sure to do, and especially if they're things that are relatively new to you as a teacher, like you're starting to introduce improvisation or game playing or whatever, if they're relatively new to you, they're going to be more easily forgotten. So just do them first before you get sidetracked by the piece that needs so much work, right? Another great tip that works for some teachers who really struggle with this is to set a timer, an alarm on your phone. Some teachers just have these go off like every five minutes because that's they want to be aware of when five minutes has passed. It could be something subtle. You could even set up an alarm on your phone that just if you have like a smartwatch or a fitness activity tracker that connects to your phone, you could just have it set up to vibrate your watch. So the student would barely notice but it'd clue you into, okay, that's five minutes, wherever we got to, and just bring your attention back to the time every five minutes. So more teachers tend to struggle with fitting everything in, which is why I started there. But if you do sometimes find yourself with extra lesson time left over, then I would just have a few things in your back pocket that you know you can pull out and they can kind of expand to fill the time. So a simple example of this is a composing project, like a small composing task you do with your student. You can just have music manuscript paper beside your piano. You probably do anyway. And anytime you have 10 minutes left at the end of the lesson and you don't want to start something new because you know this student won't practice it and you feel like going over their assignment again is going to be overkill, well, then you can just pull out your music manuscript paper and compose something together. Or if it's just a few minutes left, maybe you just do some improvisation together. That would be one of my go-tos. Or you could grab one of our games from the library that's meant to be super short and just have that as your standard. A lot of teachers, a lot of members tell me, oh, this particular game, and there's a lot of different ones that different teachers use, but this particular game is just my go-to for any time I have extra time because it's so good for everyone. So you can look in the library if you're a member you can look for the quick games um, in the menus there and then you can just have one of those, pick one that's going to apply to lots of students and have it on hand to play at the end of the lesson if you end up with some time left over. I hope this quick little episode helped you answer this question of answering that question for students and also for yourself. 
to know, is the piano lesson nearly over yet? Do we have enough time left? How do we manage students' time and our own time in our lessons? I'd love to know what you think about this, what answer you give to students, um, whether you've ever been offended by the question, especially maybe in your early days of teaching, or maybe you're still offended by it now. I don't think we have reason to be, but it is an instinctive thing to kind of find it a bit jarring. So let me know your experiences with this. You can find me over on Instagram at Colourful Keys, or leave a comment on the article that goes along with this episode, which is on the Colourful Keys blog. See you there. Vibrant Music Teaching members get five new games or resources at least every single month that keep them inspired and wanting to become a better teacher each and every day. If you want to join the best community of teachers online, you can go to vmt.ninja and sign up today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.